Though this podcast is hosted by two mental health professionals, We Can't Adult contains our guests and our own personal, potentially biased opinions. We do not claim to be providing therapeutic advice, but rather ideas that you should research yourself further or discuss with a therapist. We are discussing these topics independently from the opinions and beliefs of our employers. Hi, Katie. Hi, China. How are you today? Uh, tired, um, but <laughs> probably better than you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah, and welcome to uh, We Can't Adult podcast. Thank you all for keeping up with us for this long. So today it's just China and I. You get to have just the two of us. Yeah, I don't know if you're lucky for that or or not, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure plenty, plenty of podcasts people wish that the the host would just, you know, be more in the limelight. I don't know if that's Maybe. true for us. Yeah, I guess tell us, <laughs> t- t- reach Please out do. to us, and either tell us to stop talking or tell us to talk more. Um, those are the two options. Yep, those are the two options. <laughs> um, on this episode, uh, we are planning on finishing up our How to Stop the Re- Fear of Rejection, our review of that Hey Sigmund list, um, listicle, if you will. Um, and then uh, and Katie's going to talk to us about Enneagrams. We, we did get a good um, request uh, a long time ago yeah. from Annie, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Annie, that it took us so long um, to get to this, but I hope that you are excited now if you're still listening. <laughs> um, I hope that you're excited now that we're, we're actually talking about it. So that's what's to come in this episode. Yeah. First off, of course, as always, you know, what did we do that was a complete and utter adulting fail this week? oh so many things (laughs) definitely i'm 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 actually pulling from today so that's easy enough for me um do you want me to go first or do you want to go yeah why don't you go first um so so for for some background on my fail i do want to um disclose to you my friends um that i have an autoimmune disorder uh, it's called um, endometriosis, and it is a really fun, um, I said disorder, but I, I meant disease, actually, an autoimmune disease. Um, it's a disease that affects people who have uteruses, uter- uterus eye, um, multiple uteruses, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, generally we just have the one uterus. Um, the problem with our uterus though is that um, the uterine lining, the endometrial tissue, is supposed to grow inside of it and ours grows wherever it wants. Nope. Um, just just all over your body. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's, it's like a horror movie. Uh, a 
real horror movie just inside of my body um and it causes a lot of pain um and so i actually i was on medication um to treat it for a few years and i stopped taking that medication and if any of you are listening to this and going why um I ask myself that a lot <laughs> um, and uh, and what the real honest answer is is that it that medication is five milligrams of pure hormone uh, and I just didn't want to do that to my body anymore so I'm taking a break from it and uh, really questioning my life choices today and my my fail is getting to the punchline my fail is that I uh, drove into work and then basically just turned around and drove home um, because I just I'm I'm sick not feeling great I regard that as a fail because in my brain um, in my brain this is like a natural uh, occurring thing that happens in the bodies of people who own uteruses and I feel like I should be able to manage that um, and function in my daily life so the fact that I kind of threw in the towel and went home um, and laid in bed for for about an hour uh, feels like a fail yeah I think that you definitely gave it the college try so to speak Um, which is more than I would have done because of our commute (laughs) yeah I am the first one to throw in the towel whenever I feel the slightest bit unwell. Even, oh, yeah. And yeah. Especially when it's like pukey unwell, because that was me driving in this morning. Whenever yeah. I got like a sharp pain, I was like, mm. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. how, what's your, how did you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. It's it's definitely not the level of having an autoimmune disease that is filling your body with tissue that <laughs> it shouldn't have. Um, yeah, um, but I guess it's kind of a, a, a similar problem as I had last week. Uh, this week, I have been suffering from some terrible insomnia, um, which then just makes me the most horrible human being. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I just get so very cranky when I'm tired. So, um, yeah. And part of that, I actually was talking to my therapist about it today and I, she helped me realize that I had not done a lot of self-care things, you know, like Sunday that I usually do. And when I say oh. self-care, not the happy let's watch tv and be comfy and take a bath i mean my self-care regimen of making sure my basic chores get done going to get my meds um you know and one of those is making sure i get melatonin because i haven't had melatonin in like two weeks and i definitely am reliant on that to sleep so if nothing else, it's a placebo that makes it so that I stop looking at my phone mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, and I have seen it happen. It has happened to me where if you look at your phone too often between when you take it and when you 
are trying to sleep, you're actually going to end up being more awake. So mm-hmm. can't I put down my phone as soon as I put the melatonin in my mouth. Yeah, you taught me that. Yeah, so, which is just great, great bedtime routine anyways, and it makes mm-hmm. me do it, if nothing else. <laughs> that fear of being stuck awake all night. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I didn't go and get my vitamins my I have a med that I've been missing um so yeah I I didn't do a lot of self-care stuff on Sunday so I think you brought up a good point though that I just want to make sure that we highlight that self-care isn't always you know face masks and baths even though those things are lovely and honoring your body in that way is lovely but sometimes it's you know doing the dishes that you know will cause you anxiety the next day yeah Um, taking care of your self self-care yeah. <laughs> so sometimes those things feel too big mm-hmm. you know you run out of spoons before you get to any of those things but you know it was I actively made the choice I had the spoons on Sunday and I made the choice not to go out and do those things so mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've paid for it all week <laughs> all week by just being the grumpiest sleepiest person ever it's been great (laughs) we can Um, both be grumpy yeah i will i will divulge and gosh someone please draw a picture of this because i've been wanting it forever um my partner likes to call me a grumposaurus rex (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so cute and that's the last thing you want to be when you're grumpy (laughs) To be fair, it does does make me chuckle. Um, yep, yeah, or a a, a grump eponymous. Um, there's there's all sorts of iterations you can have of that. So <laughs> that's so funny. Zeb says that to me sometimes when I like sometimes I'll just like go to him and I'll be like, "Ugh, I'm a bridge troll," <laughs> <laughs> and he'll look at me and he'll be like, "You're so cute." I'm like, Stop it. I'm not. I'm a troll. I don't get that. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my partner does the same thing. He just, you know, thinks it's adorable that I'm grumpy all the time, which is great because it's, <laughs> I have a natural resting grump face. <laughs> Not a resting bitch face, a resting grump face. And usually, I see that. Yeah. yeah. And, and usually there's legit grumpiness behind the resting grump face. So... <laughs> <laughs> I have to work real hard to have that friendly face on throughout the day. See, I have the opposite problem. I've been trying to really hone my bitch face because I want people to not talk to me a lot of the time. Um, And it doesn't seem to work. No, I mean, I love you and I love your aesthetic, but that is like a magnet. I know. (laughs) You have the coolest tattoos and the coolest hair and that just sucks them all in. And then I have the audacity to get annoyed when people talk to me about them. <laughs> Ugh. It, it's, a, it's hard because once upon a time having a tattoo meant that you don't talk to that person. Right. they're a rebel. <laughs> and now everybody comes out of the woodwork to be like, hey, I love it. Well, especially when you've got like flowers and cartoons. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> You've definitely, you've made lots of pretty choices. 
Yeah, no, I want attention, but I want people to not talk to me <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> I so... want to be appreciated from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so if you see China walking around, just kind of, like, give her a head nod, mm-hmm. you know. Give me, like, so, a thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs yeah. up approval, but don't talk to her. <laughs> don't talk to me and definitely don't touch me. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's a big no. Even I if- actually, I bought, um, for anybody who's a fan of the TV show Shit's Creek, uh, there's a sweater that David Rose wears that just says no touch, and I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> And I, uh, I bought it, so I'm really excited to have that and wear it to the grocery store. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm waiting for my favorite murder to get more more of their sizes in for the um, This is Terrible, Keep Going. Oh, I love that one. Right? Yeah. But I, I yes. can, I only, I don't really wear t-shirts, so I'm waiting for them to get, like, the tank in. I also really like the, um, here's the thing, fuck everything, or fuck, yeah. is it fuck everything? Yeah. I, or it's, it's fuck everything or fuck everyone. Yeah. Ah, damn it. I don't know. I want something that would be okay to wear to work. <laughs> I know. So That's I can't have anything problem. with a swear word. And I think, you know, you know, here's the thing. It's, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Everything sucks. Keep going. It's not terrible. I probably shouldn't have a shirt that said sucks on it, but, you know, at least if I'm walking around not at work wearing that, I will not offend anybody that I work for and work with. So there's that. When we're allowed to group up and I can, like, go have dinner with people, Mm -hmm. I I can wear my street clothes? What? I don't know. I I will literally... like your breakdancing clothes. Yeah. I, I will literally just keep wearing the dresses I wear every day. Yeah. There's Although, not a big difference between work me and, and <laughs> except running pants. Uh, I, that's one thing I'm proud of is that I never changed my, my style at all during the pandemic because I would have had an even more difficult time. And it is still the pandemic, but during the shutdown And then everything that followed, I still will wear my usual attire regardless, because otherwise I will not get out of bed. Let me give (laughs) listeners the alternative uh, that I absolutely did change my, (laughs) I wore nothing but yoga and running pants for about six months and we we are not allowed to wear those at Mm -hmm. work. And um, it's been making me real sad. Real sad in the mornings. I look longingly at my running pants. <laughs> and then I put on a pair of jeans. And I just... Yeah. Meh. Meh. <laughs> Meh. But yeah. I gotta say, the fact that my pre-shutdown pants or jeans still fit, that was a that was a win. Yeah. It's not going to be my win. Um, it's somebody's win. Yeah. Somebody's. Yeah. Um... <laughs> However, I will say that because I was at home so much and not really doing much outside of my home, I got to get several more months out of my pants and my leggings because, you know, I never buy clothes that are going to last me (laughs) um, (laughs) for any amount of time. 
and I have, you know, the chubby girl rub between the, between the legs. So usually I can get like four to six months out of a pair, pair of leggings. I've managed to pretty much keep, you know, the same three pairs for almost an entire year now, but now they're starting to get holes in them. Yeah. 2020 just didn't happen basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm now getting the consequences of having started working again, like July, August. That's when I started slowly coming back into the office. So. I started going back in and then I left again in um, like September. Right. And now I'm back like four or five days a week. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. still very different. Definitely seeing it, it never, I don't know if it's just me, but seeing people wearing masks, it's, it's never not weird to me. It still it hits me it hits me in the heart the same time every the same way every time where I'm like this is weird I feel like I live in a science fiction movie um, yeah and I'm not sure that I ever want that to not feel weird <laughs> yeah I I had a realization when I was with a client the other day that because we work with I work with such young people um, you do as well occasionally that I just some of them, I was reading a book and the idea that the people in the book were not wearing a mask. Uh-huh. And that just like, oh, dear God, what kind of anxieties are going to happen in the world when we're in that in-between? Should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? Right. And then the, the, the new normal is going to become the old normal and we have to adjust to that again. And, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. My partner and I, my partner and I will be watching TV, and every once in a while, one of us will just be like, "Man, that's a lot of people in that one room." Right. <laughs> that's a lot of people all gathered in one place. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird, and you know, I started listening to a podcast again that I stopped come last March. Ooh. Yeah. Because I stopped listening to all podcasts because I only listen to them when I'm working out at the gym mm-hmm. um, and when I'm driving. So I didn't really listen to anything for from March until June, July. And then I started catching up on like two or three of them. And now I'm adding another one and hearing them as they are pre-pandemic, as they're mm-hmm. all sitting in a room together is like, ah, that yeah. happened once. Don't you ever get that feeling when you listen to things that are pre-pandemic where you want to be like, you have no idea what's coming. Oh, You silly fools. Oh, I feel that a lot. <laughs> I feel that a lot. Mostly because of the last, you know four and a half years of our lives for various yeah. reasons. Um, <laughs> just people getting very excited and then very, very depressed <laughs> about the life choices of some other people. So there's that. So anyway. do we want to hop into um, finishing out this list? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, if anybody's following along on this Hey Sigmund article, again, it's called How to Stop the Fear of Rejection. We are on number 15 today, and I like this one. It, it starts out, 
what would you tell your best friend to do? And I go to this one a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And I know that Katie knows uh, that I do. Mm -hmm. It says, what would your advice be to someone you love? Go for it. Or you've got this or rejection won't break you. So just do it. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, no, best, best stay safe or bit risky, best not. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that the advice you would give to someone else is different to the advice you would give yourself because when it's someone else, you're free from the bad feelings that come with rejection. Here's what you need to remember. The pain of rejection is just a feeling. It's not a life sentence and it's not a defect. It's your brain doing what sad brains do for a while. No. Oh. Like all feelings, it will come and then it will leave you alone. It's easy to help other people to fly because you can see the reward and the rejection for what it is. The chance of temporary pain for the chance of something wonderful. You deserve the same wisdom. Yeah. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. That last bit. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You deserve the same wisdom. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's worth meditating on that for a half second because I think it's true. We we give out our what we consider advice and wisdoms to friends. Family won't listen anyway, so why do we do that? Um, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I think that's just a, an, a me, me and an us problem. or anybody that has any expertise in a particular area and tries to give that to their family and if it's not it then it's worthless (laughs) (laughs) um but i will say that 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 really jives with a very common like therapeutic practice of you know you wouldn't say those things to your friend Mm mm-hmm so, you know, imagine that you're saying it to your friend. Are you really going to say it to yourself in the same way um, for negative thoughts? Mm-hmm. So I think that can be really helpful of reminding yourself, like, you're not going to say all these awful things to your friend who's trying to figure out whether or not they should take a leap. So. Right. And, like, even thinking... <clears throat> Even thinking about how, like, you wouldn't even... So, so yeah, maybe you would say, like, that sounds a bit risky, like, yeah. thoughts of that. But you wouldn't say anything like, oh, no, you're not you're not worried that they're going to say no. You're not worried that they're going right. <laughs> to reject you. Um, yeah, or, you know, the imposter syndrome of, like, oh, you don't deserve that. Right. Yeah, so, you're not qualified for that. Not qualified for it. <laughs> When your best friend would say, just do it. Just give it a try. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. They, they reject you. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I say that to people all the time. Like, what's the worst that could happen? When in reality, like, my brain is constantly thinking of the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. And it's usually absolutely ridiculous. Um, That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot. So... And I also, I use that, I use that in my work sometimes when I'm working with parents, especially because sometimes I have parents that um, can be really self-defeating and say really nasty things about themselves. Mm -hmm. 
and if I have the if I have the right relationship with the person I might say like what would it be like for you to look down at your beautiful daughter and say the words that you just said to yourself yeah you wouldn't do that so but again I say it and then I do the exact same thing I know I know (laughs) yep but yeah I definitely do something similar with with people of because whatever you model is what they're gonna learn Mm -hmm. yeah which then is scary and you know (laughs) doesn't mean you're a failure anyway it does not make you a failure I just I think that there's room for um there's room for a little bit more awareness of the way that we're treating ourselves it makes me think of that cartoon that you posted um with the little (laughs) the little penguin the little penguin getting a little penguin toy yes i i need to i don't i haven't put it up on the uh on uh like facebook or instagram so i think i will do that for our tomorrow post yeah definitely um because it that was a good representation of you know treating treating it the way that you should be treating yourself yeah it was so for anybody who doesn't actually follow her instagram i'll explain it a little bit it's this cute little um, oh they should follow her instagram okay don't give them that go look at cute cute penguins (laughs) because it's a cute little penguin comic and if you refuse to follow our instagram (laughs) the consequences that you don't know what we're talking about Uh, it yeah (laughs) i mean it's not that it's not that hard Instagram's much I I much prefer Instagram because there's less toxic doom scrolling as the term is now you know Mm -hmm. because I fill it up with pictures of cute doggies and comics and comics of D&D doggies and (laughs) there's less toxicity unless you seek it out which I do Mm -hmm. um I I take a weird morbid pleasure in looking for comments like if I see a post and I'm like ooh I bet the comments on this post are really divisive <laughs> and then I read the comments I uh, love it I, I 100% admit I the only times I look at comments is if it's for my personal posts or well my personal posts or uh, the podcast posts maybe my friends if my friends have a post I'll, I'm curious <laughs> To see what other people said. I clearly have too much time on my hands. That is not true. <laughs> that is not because, true. Oh boy, you should see. My targeted ads are hilarious right now because if I see something like, for example, for example, I saw an ad. I saw an ad for like a Fenty um, lingerie that had like a bra with like zippers near the nipples. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I've got to read the comments on this because I. Yeah. I People must be thinking the same things I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just read so many comments. Okay, that um, would be worth it. That's hilarious. And now I've got all these Fenty ads because Facebook thinks that I'm interested in Fenty and not just interested in hilarious comments. Uh, uh, so yeah, so that's where, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's where I'm at in life. Um, so number 16, yeah, the penultimate... The penultimate post on this article. Whose messages are they? Ooh. Hmm. If the fear of rejection is holding you back, where are the messages coming from? 
we're all a messy wonderland of shoulds and should nots. And usually they're the messages we took on while we were growing up. From schools, parents, and experience, they become the automatic drivers of behavior. Check your messages around risk and rejection and whether those messages still work for you or whether they stifle you. When messages become automatic, they prescribe behavior across all situations rather than selectively. You're in a different environment now and the new wisdom and new truths, with new wisdom and new truths. <laughs> If the old ones are holding you back, shine a light on them and show them the door. Staying safe might have worked really well for you once, but maybe not so much anymore. Not in every situation anyway. Your memories of not succeeding might be loaded with shame and awful feelings. If you're with different people and in a different environment, it doesn't have to be the same way anymore. Rather than living by the old, automatic, unexamined messages about what you should do and who you should be, find them and see if they're still relevant. Do they help you or do they get in your way? If they're not serving you well, get rid of them. Nice. So that was rather wordy. Katie, do you want to kind of give us a, a summary of what Hey Sigmund was trying to get out there? I feel like you just put on your group therapist hat just now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's just looking at, you know, how are these fears of rejection still valid in mm -hmm. your life? Um, because, again, you know, a, a thought in, you know, trauma-based therapies is that you know, you have the re these reactions in life because they were adaptive at one point. Mm -hmm. You needed them to survive in your life. But now that your life circumstances have changed, they have become maladaptive or not helpful. So I mm -hmm. think the same thing applies here of, you know, these, your, the things that you're afraid of and the types of rejections you're afraid of, it, they might be maladaptive at this point, which makes it worth exploring, mm -hmm. you know, it, and some of them might still be necessary, you know? So, but I think that's what it's trying to get at is that, you know, you examine them to see if they're still helpful. Right. And if they're and not, then it's time to let them go. Yeah. And becoming aware of that. I think that that's at the root of that. Right. Becoming aware of where those messages are coming from. Because if you're not even aware of that, mm -hmm. then you don't know if it's old messaging. Right. Um, like one thing that comes to mind, one thing that came to mind when I was reading that is something that I'll never let go of <laughs> as long as I live. Um, I used to, when I was in elementary school, um, I used to be really into like dark, like I read all the Goosebumps books, was really into um, dark stuff. I mean, <laughs> I still am, but I, uh, it was you know imagine like a little like seven or eight year old and they're just really into skeletons and um and so and I but I used to write I used to love writing and re and writing stories um and I used to I I would write them based on my dreams mostly um and and I have such a vivid memory of one of my teachers telling my mom that she was concerned about my writing mm. 
that it was weird <laughs> and that I should get counseling. Oh. Ugh. And while she might not have been wrong <laughs> about that last part, <laughs> I I never I never wrote creatively again after that. Um I and it's still something that I feel really self-conscious about like to this day I just turned 30 and I still feel really self-conscious about um writing like to the point where I've had a lot of people this is going to sound really braggy um (laughs) I've had a lot of people say that I should write like a story about my life Mm -hmm. um I don't think that I'm particularly interesting so that that's one of the reasons (laughs) that I don't um but another reason is because of that teacher um because I just, I don't know, I, yeah. I'm afraid of getting that messaging again. Mm-hmm. And there, so the reason that I share that story, though, is because not only, not only am I an entirely different person than I was when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. it is an entirely different time mm-hmm. period. Um, I mean, kids were looked at differently back yeah. then than they are now. Um, interests are different. Like, of co- now, true crime is obscenely popular now yeah um so so it's it's it doesn't like that that belief and that messaging that I received when I was eight no longer applies necessarily Mm -hmm. or or it doesn't it's it doesn't hold the same filter as it did then because being weird um when I was eight that was the worst possible thing that you could be Mm -hmm. Um, being weird now highly sought after yeah well, to an extent, but <laughs> in my life, yeah. So, <laughs> as as adults, we uh, being weird is okay in the mm-hmm. forms that we are. Just a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Not the not the true crime actually committing the crime sort of different. Um, so, no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, which is interesting because I didn't realize that about you, and I actually had the exact opposite experience well to an extent um I had a teacher where I would not have passed her class if she had not appreciated the fact that every day for journaling because in English class I was supposed to journal every day and instead of talking about whatever it was that I was supposed to be doing I just continued on with the story from the previous week (laughs) oh (laughs) and if it wasn't for that and her appreciating it I would not have passed that class um, but because I have a very competitive spirit that I, that doesn't often come out, <laughs> um, that is part of the reason why I still, to some extent, do creative writing because my sister didn't think I would be good at it. <laughs> and part of that, I, I, I have, um, (laughs) she's still very good at it, but, um, that was, that was part of the sibling rivalry we had completely off topic. Um, whereas I was considered the quote unquote smart one and she was the quote unquote artistic one. So my boxes are hard. I know. So my rebellion was to try and, you know, break into the artistic box. You were Um, like, I'm going to have it all. (laughs) Yep, because I am the greedy little sibling. <laughs> yep. So I'm just going to try and be good at everything. Except for sports. <laughs> <laughs> but neither of us were really good at that. 
um yeah i know it's <sighs> funny that is funny that that kind of competitive thing um because i don't i don't know if i <laughs> i'm starting to have like an existential crisis right now as i talk <laughs> um <laughs> because i don't know I don't know if I ever had that drive of like, I'll show you. Um, I'm, I'm being flooded now with memories of people doubting me and me going, Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I I, I think for me, it depended on who it was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I was very easily motivated by certain people achieving a similar level to me. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, I that helps me try and achieve more. So I will admit that you are my career rival. <laughs> not that you've ever been aware of it. We're not even on similar tracks anymore. So. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I somehow find these kinds of weird rivals wherever I'm at in my own head and make myself do better. I had somebody oh, if in. If it works for you. I had my sibling. I had somebody in high school. I had somebody in college. Yeah, you are probably the closest thing that I have to a sibling, you and Anna. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've actually, I've never felt like competitive with her either. I'm always just like, whatever, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Anna. She works, she works for a big business now, a big company. I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm so fucking proud of her. It makes me want to cry. Oh, Anna, I don't think I've ever actually met you, but. Oh my God. Yeah. It doesn't help that she doesn't live near either of us, so. No, but she will someday. Yes, she will. We're planning it. We're going to make her. (laughs) Anna and I, so this is a, this is not something that I've ever shared with anybody else, um, and I hope that Anna doesn't care that I'm sharing it. She's she's not a shameful person, so I think it'll be fine. Um, we used to watch just uh, so much Desperate Housewives, um, <laughs> just like TV in general. Yeah. But Desperate Housewives was a binge of ours for a while, and Anna and I had a dream that one day we were going to live um, in a place similar to Wisteria Lane, yeah. um, and we were going to live like in a in a area where our houses would be near each other and we would gather on our porches like the like the desperate housewives and and drink our margaritas i've changed since then so mine would be probably a slushy yeah um (laughs) (laughs) but uh that's still we checked in about that dream recently and it's still on Um, okay good so you're welcome when we find our wisteria lane okay um, and you're welcome We'll also open up the uh, tea bookstore and mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. all of these other things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's nothing for anybody to be ashamed of. Um, and I think we were just talking the other day on one of our private chats about how we all have a cell phone app game that is just <laughs> ridiculous. And we all know it is, but it. That you want to hide it. That you want to hide it. <laughs> I want to find that like that secret app that teens use to hide their like nudes or whatever. I want to get that to hide my <laughs> my shameful apps. <laughs> it's just like oh. stupid games that I don't think any thirty year old should should play, oh, but yeah. we all probably do. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> all. Yeah, we all have something. Um, 
I have huge obsessions with Sudoku-like games, but also mm-hmm. mindless games that involve cute animals. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do this last one, and then we'll move do on. Um, talk about it. Rejection almost always gives you a good story to tell. That's why we're here. That's yeah. why we started this podcast. <laughs> Um, own it because it's yours and use it to bring the best of you into full view the positive funny brave resilient parts of you that might otherwise stay hidden Um, there's also like a there's also an ending here to this article Um, I'm just gonna read that for us because why not Um, playing it safe will keep us safe but it won't do much more than that life happens in the deep water Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not a deep water person. We need another I analogy. I won't do it. I won't go in there. Um, so if someone wants to give us another analogy that's not deep water. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere between the fear of failing and the courage for it to not matter <laughs> is where the magic lives. It's the deep breath in the brave step forward and the boldness to live like you own it that makes that actually makes a life it's the stuff of passion ignition courage and full living the biggest threat to getting what you want is your decision to stay safe be proud of your brave fierce open heart and listen to it it will take you where you need to be feels very wholesome Um, so I just exited that article and I also exited my eanagram. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, on that note, I'm going to pass this off to you, Katie. Yeah. To talk to us about eanagrams. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So it's really... I'm sure we'll find a way to tie this into adulting and rejection. Um, but this was a, a request by somebody to chat about. Um, yeah. So if I'm sure we all at some point or another have done online questionnaires and, you know, quizzes of like, which, which personality type are you? You know, the uh, Myers-Briggs is a very popular one because it's the, um, oh gosh, the, the different typings where you get the the different letters. Introvert, extrovert. Yes. I keep yeah. wanting to say INFP because that's what I am, but that's not what they are referred to at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, where, you know, you get the introvert, extroverts, um, perceiving. Um, judging. Judging. Fail, uh, failing. <laughs> <laughs> failing. Failing, winning. Failing, winning. <laughs> Yep. Um, feeling, <laughs> sensing, and I know there's one more that I forgot about. I feel like that was a Freudian slip on your part, but it was probably <laughs> like that's more of a Freudian slip that I would make. Um, that feeling is failing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if so, if you've ever done one of those online quizzes for Myers Briggs um, type like that, an enneagram is very similar. Um, I, the one that China and I used today was a, um, on truity.com 
and I will read off what they what they describe an Enneagram is. So the Enneagram is a personality system that aims to reveal how emotions drive our lives, how we engage with others in an effort to get what we want and need. Enneagram defines nine personality types, each of its own set of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and opportunities for personal growth. Your Enneagram type reveals what motivates you on a very deep level and illuminates the path you must take to achieve a higher level of self-actualization. So, you know, if you're curious, you can go to truity, T-R-U-I-T-Y.com to take, actually, you can also take a Myers-Briggs if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, they are limited. They um, are, yes. So you only get so much, and if you want to unlock the full report, you have to pay, which is kind of a bummer, but yeah. you get a good idea. Yeah. So So we both took the quiz. Mm-hmm. Do you wanna do you wanna share like your tops? Sure. Um yeah, so the first page you get after you do it, it tells you what your highest scores for each one, what your closest matches are. Um, so for me, at least having taken it, taken it today, my highest match was the type four with a 98% match. Hooray. Type four is known as the individualists. So each one of the types have a name attached to it. Um, so four is the individualists. Fours want to be unique and to live life authentically. And you're highly attuned to their emotional experience. I, I think that comes from the fact that I apparently think that I'm weird and being weird is okay. Because <laughs> there's a lot of questions to that effect of like, do you think you're different and that your, you know, your likes and dislikes are different from other people? I'm like, a little bit, not terribly so, but it's kind of hard because we, geek culture has come to the forefront and it's become way more popular than it was when we were kids. So it's well, really... that's funny, too, because not to call you out, but until <laughs> fairly recently, you were, like, not cool with sharing that side of yourself. <laughs> well, I, I think part of it is I had grown up with the idea that, you know, you don't talk about that unless you want to be shunned. <laughs> um, you know, and it's not even like I'm that old, but... Um, it's a big thing where like you were weird if you liked geeky nerdy things mm -hmm. and you like did these weird deep dives into your passion that other people didn't understand um i've lived a life free of consequences so i don't have <laughs> i don't have that i do know i do know that um my my best friend and i anna we um we would become terribly obsessed with things and um and, like, to the point where I'm sure, like, there were consequences. Like, I'm sure we lost friends because people were like, stop talking about rent for the love of God. <laughs> um, I know that my mom would tell me, like, at some points she'd be like, there's more to life um, than whatever you're currently obsessed with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess I just never cared because I'm still this way. Yeah. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. So, but, but part of the individualist is I, you know, highly attuned to their emotional experience. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely can tell you 
<laughs> everything about my emotional experience. Now, how do I get it to do what I want it to is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I've been crying for three hours, but that's not what I want it to be doing. And I do know why. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's funny. I was chuckling when I was taking this test because when I got to those questions about like, um, like avoiding situations that make you feel emotional, it was making me think about yesterday when you and I were talking um, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that if it involves EMDR. And you were like, why? And I was like, because I'm just not interested in feeling feelings. <laughs> and it's, that's um, me in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I as soon as I start to feel feelings, I go, oop, better do something else. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go avoid that. <laughs> Where I am actually in my happy place when I am, I shouldn't say happy place, but I am in my comfort zone when I am becoming a burrito on my bed, you know, feeling those depressed, sad feelings. That's That's my comfort space because... Oof. I lived there for so long, so there's definitely days where I just lean into it a little bit. So, yeah, that happens. <laughs> so I actually have a tie for my next two highest. Let me go through what each one of the types are because it actually shows all of them on the screen. So type one is the perfectionist. Type two is um, the giver. Type three is the achiever. Type four is the individualist. Type five is the investigator. Six is the skeptic. Seven is the enthusiast. Eight is the challenger. And nine is the peacemaker. So knowing us, I'm sure many of you can guess what some of what China and I got at least the highest in, in a couple of these. <laughs> um. Mm -hmm. So, but my next two highest were the giver and the skeptic. The giver, which is type two, twos want to be liked and find ways that they can be helpful to others so that they can be loved and belong. Um, and then type six for the skeptics, sixes are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. So all of us that are the glass half empty, anxious types. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and I got a few others that are yeah, at least kind of close. Um, but my lowest. What was your lowest? I was just yeah. going to say. Yeah, my lowest is not a surprise to me whatsoever. And that is the challenger type eight. Eights, ah. eights see themselves as strong, powerful, and seek to stand up for what they believe in. That's uh, one of my highest. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not up for that confrontation lifestyle. So not surprised at all <laughs> i look for it <laughs> so what were yours can you remember off the top of your head which were the i highest? actually i got it i got it back i remembered a oh, uh, control shift t Ooh, okay sorry i'm sipping ginger ale um because my body is dying mm -hmm. um my highest which will come as no surprise to anybody who knows me, uh, was type three, also known as the achiever. 
Yeah. So just a reminder, I know Katie just read these, but threes want to be successful and admire, admired by other people and are very conscious of their public image. Um, and that's funny because actually that's been consistent for me my whole life. Um, when I went to career counseling out of high school, my mom made me go to career counseling, uh, my birth mom. My birth mom made me go to career counseling because she had this I love you mom um she had this thought that when you leave high school you just like enter a career oh no um she thought that I should have a job in psychology (laughs) like right out of high school um so so she made me go to career counseling and when I the career counselor like asked me to rate different values on like from like one to five rate values and um I rated prestige as as fairly high and I remember this is like another core memory of mine um I remember her saying like oh not a lot of people admit to wanting prestige and that really stuck with me like that's a shameful thing for people to admit that that they are seeking prestige um I guess many people uh lie and say that their values are completely altruistic (laughs) um so so yeah that really stuck with me but yeah it's been something my whole life that I've I've always wanted to do well um yeah do well and uh my next one my next highest is actually six the skeptic I've got clinical anxiety I don't know what to tell you um my lowest interestingly at 48 percent so very low yeah is the peacemaker (laughs) (laughs) because when i was taking this quiz the questions that were like i let other people take the lead or i i follow what other people do we're all like disagree (laughs) um so yeah i'm oppositional by nature (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah but actually I was very high in the giver as well which obviously that makes sense yeah so um if you go to the website you can actually that each type has a breakout breakdown um Mm -hmm. where if you did the paid version um not that we are at all um wanting you to go pay these people that aren't paying us (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) but you You hear that truity yeah <laughs> but by all means yeah check it out because there is like you can then get these really big explanations of just the one type um so i pulled up type six because we both are skeptics um but yeah so i'll describe some of the things that they kind of talk about on these really big breakdowns of each of the types um so it repeats the fact that sixes are really wanting safety and security. Um, it highlights sort of the deepest fear. So sixes fear being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. Thanks, Auntie. Um, <laughs> so to cope with this fear, they attempt to prepare for every possible turn of events, which is where the true crime um, fandom is coming from. <laughs> you know because we all we all want to be prepared in case we get kidnapped off the streets um so yeah and obviously and as an achiever 
yeah. I, I want to be prepared, but I also want to be a part of it. So it is my hope that I either die by bear attack <laughs> or that Zeb kills me for the insurance money. <laughs> Those are the two ways that I want to go. He hates that joke. Oh, I'm way. sure he does. <laughs> Whereas my partner joins right in with me of like, hey, yeah, no, I know a great spot in the mountains that no one will find you. Poor Mike. If you go missing, he's going to go to jail. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not the person that would end up killing me. Um. There's a long list of people who might kill Katie, but Mike's Listen, not on that list. If, if, you know, he's like maybe fifth in line. Um, <laughs> my sister has money to gain from it, so she'd probably be number one. See, that's the thing, you know? Yeah. If we... money is in it, you've got to watch your back. Yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> so for the skeptic, it then talks about key personality traits. So um, strong identification with a social group. I would say yes for both China and I. We have a very close-knit group, um, at least with work friends, but then we also have our other separate groups. Um, don't agree with this one. Organized and well-liked, so definitely not organized. Um, China is, some way, sometimes. Try so, to be. Yeah, trying to be. Good at managing finances. Um, I remember being very neurotic about my finances in college I've been able to let go of that but the the sense and we've talked about this in uh the episodes where we had lists on is you know the financial insecurity if you experience it early on in life you're gonna that's a feeling of insecurity that you don't want to have again so yep um yeah so makes sense for skeptics um excellent team player Sure. <laughs> I'm going to say hard pass on that one for me. <laughs> you do have your own team of one. <laughs> yeah. I really struggle. I really struggle with sharing responsibility with other people. Oh, I love to delegate. That's less I have to do. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. Um, belongs to a tight knit group of friends. That's the same thing as social group. Um, Clear communicators and detail oriented and precise. So, so uh, it, not everything fits, but you know, that's what it is when you get one of these generic tests. That's fair. You know what else I really love about this mm. site that we're not promoting um, <laughs> is that it gives you famous people who share your Enneagram yeah. type. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking at three because that's that's where I, that's the highest one that I got was um, the achiever, and um, if you don't mind, yeah, I would love it. to wrap up my part of this conversation by listing all of the people who I share. Um, well, I'm not stoked about some of these. <laughs> well, okay, so hold on. Let me let me talk about some of the stuff that I think is really interesting. Okay. When it comes to doing these, is um, when it does the in-depth look at it, um, it talks a lot about sort of some of the things that are really difficult to manage for sixes, the, the skeptics. Um, 
So like some of the key things are, you know, we're phobic sixes. Um, we deliberately move away from fear. Um, but that can also mean that they're, that we're more open and expressive about our particular weaknesses. So that is a strength that we have. Um, so that we can tell people to move the fuck along if you're something that we feel is unsafe. <laughs> um, fuck politeness, so to speak. Fuck politeness, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the co- counterphobic sexes, on the other hand, possess high strong. Counterphobic sixes, sorry. Yeah. That sounds like a good band name. Continue. It does. It does, it does. Um, so, on the other hand, possess high strong irrational fear of fear itself. So. Um, so, which may yep. paradoxically translate into rule breaking. China. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a child, the six may have grown up in an unsafe environment, had overprotective guardians, or experienced a traumatic event. So, uh huh. <laughs> a little too on the nose there. Um, extremely logical. Um, tend to be very survivalist and um i guess part of the head-based triad of type five and type six or type seven sorry um which i don't remember what those were so type five was the investigator and type seven was the enthusiast both of which i scored pretty low on which is interesting (laughs) yeah um so if you ever get a chance, just, you know, sort of scroll through all of these because they can be really interesting um, about interesting. what some of your healthy habits are versus unhealthy, which can help you sort of work on them. Um, it's so, like astrology, but science. Yeah. So at the bottom of this, it says um, growth tips. Um, so the first one is to own your power. Um, so... When sixes learn to acknowledge and own the power they yield, they can be braver and bolder. Um, Second one is be aware of how you create self-fulfilling prophecies because that's what anxiety does is make you think that everything awful is going to happen. And it's not. So being aware of, you know, you creating this negativity in the world. Um work on building trust in your relationships um, and understanding that not everybody has an ulterior motive. China, Zeb's not going to kill you. Um, And develop healthy habits to release that anxiety. (laughs) Okay. So now it does talk about those famous people who have the different types. So who has your highest type, China? So really quick before I read this, I just read a sentence that mm-hmm. I love. Um, it's under how to recognize the Enneagram 3. Um, okay. Enneagram 3. Um, and I I want this to be my tagline. Um, With refined tastes and an impressive drive to accomplish more, achievers are socially adept conversationalists with a talent for beating deadlines and looking crazy good while doing so. that me okay you um famous enneagram type threes oprah winfrey all right all right take it tony robbins taylor swift Hmm. 
Lady Gaga. <laughs> Beyonce Knowles. Yeah. I am Beyonce always. Always. <laughs> uh, Meghan Markle. All right. All right. Tom Cruise. Ugh. I would probably actually put him in the skeptic. Yeah. But I don't know him on a personal level, so... Um, we've also got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Muhammad Ali, Casey Musgraves, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. um, and then some some fictional people: Don Draper from Mad Men, Rachel Berry from Glee. That makes me want to jump out a window. Um, Marguerite Tyrell from Game of Thrones, Amy March from Little Women, and Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Definitely. So definitely. ending on a good note right there. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely a, what, three and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is part of what, there's this weird part that says an Enneagram wings, which is, you know, very common type mm-hmm. combinations, and a three with two is a very common one. So. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different, but we definitely, yeah. Sorry, I got um, completely thrown off by reading a type two um, famous people, which was Samwise Gamgee. Oh, which it absolutely is. A type two is the giver, so of course it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and Dolly Parton. Oh. Desmond Tutu. Oh, oh, Hagrid. Hagrid. Type two is where to be, guys. It is. I'm not trying to tell you that your your personality type is wrong, um, but type two is definitely where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, type twos, we suck at setting healthy boundaries. Yep. (laughs) Um, Being authentic with other people because we tend to put other people first. Um, yeah. Take note of your own feelings and practical mindfulness, practical practice. mindfulness. Is it time for bed? Uh, I just woke up from a nap, so (laughs) it's now time to eat pizza. Yeah. I got to go make dinner. Yeah. Um, but we've got to tell everybody our wins. So they know that winning is a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think since I went last, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. My adulting win this week. Oh, gosh, this is hard because I don't even know if I've had one. Um, of I'm sure course I, you have. I'm sure I have, but it's it's been a week. Um I guess my adulting win would be actually, I when I was talking about being uh, a Grumposaurus Rex this week, um, when I had gotten home on Monday, I was very upset because my partner had been home for like three hours and I got home at like 630 because I have quite a bit of a commute and I had asked ever so kindly for him to start the laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, he completely forgot as he does um and not something for me to get upset about because he does 75 if not more percent of the chores in the apartment so (laughs) 
But on that particular day, I was already irritated. Um, I threw a box of cookies at him. Not hard. <laughs> Not hard. Wait, I'm, this is your win? <laughs> I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I had gotten Girl Scout cookies, which had made me a little bit happier. Ooh. Right? Somebody at work had Girl Scout cookies. So I had a box that I bought just for him. And I somewhat gently tossed it in his general direction. Um, it did not hit him because um, I'm not that type of person, but I wanted him to know I was annoyed. But afterwards, I was able to be an adult, apologize for that, and just let him know I was being irritable because I was tired. So, that is very adult. Yeah, so I didn't say, I, you know, and that was the thing is he kept asking me if I was mad. And my initial reaction is just, you know, I'm going to make this go away, make his anxiety go away by saying I'm not. But mm-hmm. that's that's not being authentic because I was irritated, mm-hmm. which, you know, just not mad, but irritated. So it, it felt more authentic to be like, no, this is what's happening with me. I am exhausted from the insomnia. And then this happened. <laughs> so I'm irritated. Which for me is a big deal because admitting that I feel anger at all <laughs> is huge. I have a really hard time doing it, especially in the moment when I am feeling that anger. So, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And, you know, if you are going to throw something at somebody, it should be cookies. It should be I cookies. Mean, yeah, because the, the, they can't be that bad at it. It's cookies. Then they've got cookies, yeah. <laughs> they've got cookies. That's a good rule. Yeah. <laughs> Only throw cookies. I'm going to, if I take one thing away from this episode, it's going to be that. (laughs) Um, My win is significantly less insightful. (laughs) It's just something that made me happy. (laughs) That's okay. It's that I bought new plants for my office so that I no longer have dead plants. And that's not true. That's not true. Actually, the dead plants are still in my office. Because I, um, I don't know what to do with them, <laughs> so they're just under under the chair in my office. So there's a dead plant graveyard oh. um, under the chair in my office. But all of the things that you can see are lively and well. They are. So we need to get some things to fill those other pots with that are lively. Yes, and then also figure out how to um, secretly trash those dead plants because that's part i'm i'm ashamed of the dead plants i threw one away in a garbage can um yeah um i'm sure knowing some of the other um office habits of our coworkers, that's not the worst thing the cleaning crew has seen um (laughs) what is that insinuating (laughs) i'm sorry that sounded bad we we have a mutual friend and coworker that would leave a week's worth of coffee cups in oh. their office. Sorry, I'm oh not... my god. Yeah, and we heard about it because we have a friend who was also part of our cleaning crew. You know that. So here's the thing, though. <laughs> I feel I feel pretty confident that I'm one of the only people in our office building that just has real dirt, real planet planet Earth dirt. All over the floor of my office. 
I and they're probably anytime they go in they're like what is she doing here <laughs> i mean i frequently before the pandemic would have a combination of sand orbeez and glitter on my floor that somehow makes more sense i feel why you have plants <laughs> there should be dirt occasionally i, I feel a Anyways, lot of guilt yeah so i will i will help you with that thank you i have no shame in throwing them out how did my wind turn into a fail? Well, it's been real, guys. <laughs> nope, the wind, the wind is you've got beautiful new plants that you're going to work on taking care of very well. And um, not being sent home for six months um, is going to be really helpful with that. Yep, yep. Yeah, because we're coming up on that. When this comes out, it'll be pretty much the anniversary of the shutdown. When we got sent home, yep. So everybody... Wear your damn mask. If you have access to that vaccine, go get it. Wear your fucking mask because I can't buy more plants. No. And I don't need to have another round of impulse buying for, you know, stay-at-home order things to do. So exactly. don't have the money for it. Do it for us, guys. Please. Please. <laughs> All right. It's been real. It has. Um, I'm going to go lay down. All right. We love you. Thank you. And thank Thanks, you to everybody. all the important people. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys. They know who they are. And Shudder's going to edit them in at yeah, the end. Sure. Great job, Shudder. Great job. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So I want to thank... Jacob Heard Vernell for our amazing artwork. We actually just got stickers printed. They're just for us, but maybe we'll make more. So Jacob Heard Vernell, that's JHB underscore illustrations on Instagram. So go check out his art. Um, also Nick Wood, obviously really wonderful. He did our um, intro music. Uh, check him out. He's Mellow Ships Linky um, on Instagram. His band, Gang of Thieves, have phenomenal music. They're like semi-famous. Um, so check them out. Uh, thank you as always to Shudder for doing thank our- you Thank you, Shudder. Yeah. We would not be able to do this without you. It would be non-existent without Shudder. So yeah, please absolutely. help us pay him. Yeah. He deserves to be paid more. <laughs> he does. And the reason why we're doing two episodes now a month is because some of you guys have become our Patreon. So we can actually like throw some more money his way. So he deserves it. He does deserve it. Thank you.